It has officially been a long time since Oscar and I were last able to talk on a recorded episode of the podcast. It is fitting, though, because this summer marks the conclusion of long waits. White Gale is knocking on the door of signing for Stoke City, marking the mm. end of Blake uh, continuously slagging him off every other episode. Goodbye, Dwight. Hello, Oscar. And welcome to season 2.5, the transfer special of the Peaked Too Early podcast with Blake Monchel and Oscar Saywell. Oscar, mm. how are you? Hello, I'm well. Niche opening to the pod, I gotta say, with Dwight Gale has uh, moved to Stoke. I reckon he'll, he'll be very good there, though, to be fair. Um, it has been a long time since we sat down. Uh, Blake is currently in Austria. I am in Maryland. Therefore, for me, it's about 3.15. I'm very unused to doing this without a beer in my hand. So I, I, had, to, I had to open a LaCroix because uh, I just, I need some, you know. Um, yeah, but like, how are you? How are you? Yeah, uh, I guess. I'm good. I am plus six hours from Oscar. So I'm at mm. the end of my day uh, while he is, yeah. you know, in the middle of his. Um, yes. But yeah, I am living in Vienna. Um, for the meanwhile, uh, about 12 minutes Amherst. from FK Austria's uh, oh. stadium. So I plan on going to the game. The season starts this Friday, and FK's first game is on Sunday. Oh, um, that's awesome. So I think I next that. week I'll go to the match. Um, uh, so hopefully I don't get murdered, because I... I, yes. I know that Austrian ultras are quite... They, they are quite severe over there. Uh, yeah, um, but there's been lots of good I, beer. Not much good yeah, food. Yeah, I bet that has. Food in Austria sucks. That's uh, oh, a shame. Uh, drinks are good, that's fine. I just got back from a two-week trip to England and the Netherlands. Uh, both food and drinks were fantastic. Uh, and I saw quite a few stadiums from a distance, obviously went to 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 uh, to the London Stadium, back to the the hallowed ground. Um, but I also saw when we were traveling on the train, I saw uh, Club Brugge Stadium. I saw Feyenoord Stadium in Rotterdam. I saw Ajax's Stadium. Um, I saw the Emirates in the UK. Didn't do too badly, I feel like with my stadium sightings. Um, yeah, yeah, very nice. But like you said, Blake, this is uh, not quite season three yet. Although that's coming rapidly, coming up. Um, the season starts only in a few weeks. But it's it's not season two either. So we're calling it season two point five. It's a it's pure bonus episode. Maybe we'll squeeze in another before the start of the season. Who knows? But today we are going to talk about all things transfers. Silly season is upon us. And the outline of the pod today, we're going to start off with West Ham and Newcastle discussion. We're going to move into the transfer winners and losers section of both teams and players. And then we're going to end it with transfers we, we want to see. So it should be fun. Uh, it's been a, a big transfer window so far, so we've got plenty to discuss. And Blake, where do you want to start? Well, we know where we want to start, but how do you want to do it? Do you want to start with the Magpies and their uh, wheeling and dealing? 
let's actually talk about West Ham first. I can do that. Um, I can talk about West Ham for hours, so I'm very happy to do that. Do you have any questions for me about West Ham before I talk about some hot topics? Uh, yeah, how do you pronounce your new Algerian centre-back's name? Uh, Nayefa Gwed. I'm going with that. I don't know. Okay. It's All probably right. not a Gwed, is it? It's probably some French pronunciation. I'm guessing you don't say the D. Agard. Who knows? Um, speaking of him, it, this injury to him, it could be ligament damages to his ankle. Uh, so we are sweating over it as a fan base, I think, because Ogbonna and Dawson also have some injuries. So Diop is meant to be halfway out the door, but I think that will be stalled now because of this injury to Aguirre. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I suppose, we, I mean, obviously we haven't done a pod since we signed him. I wasn't, it's old news in my head, so I wasn't um, planning on talking a lot about him, but this is a great signing. Um, I'm really excited about it. He's 26. We got him from Rhin. Is that how you pronounce it? In the French League. Prolific in the air. So I think he had the best uh, headed aerial duel statistics in the league last season. Scored four goals, same as Craig Dawson, uh, with his head as well. Um, and he's a good ball-playing centre-back. Uh, in his Approaching his prime, even. And uh, yeah, definitely an upgrade on, uh, you've got to say, probably, yeah, Dawson, Diop, and, and maybe even Ogbonna at this point in his career. Um, so that, that's an exciting one. But um, I, look, I'll start with, uh, just get everyone up to speed on our signing so far. We've got in Nayef Agued, I'm just going to anglicize it. We've got in Alphonse Ariola on a permanent, which was which is excellent. And this guy called um, Flynn Downs, is that his first name? Flynn? From um, from the championship, um, lifelong West Ham fan, twenty three, busy midfielder. That's the sort of best I can do for him. I think um, I'd be surprised if he's thrown into to the starting eleven week in week out um, this season. But um, good tackling statistics, puts himself around, good passer of the ball. So you know, solid solid squad pe- player pickup from QPR, I believe. Oh my goodness, or Swansea. Swansea. Um, Swansea, thank you. Really good. Literally, I never even. I pride myself too on my championship knowledge. I hadn't heard of him before, which is sort of slightly strange for me. But um, but yeah, um, Blake, can I can I run you through our prominent rumors because there's plenty of plate spinning for West Ham uh this week. Yes, <clears throat> absolutely. Right. I might douse some water on some of these rumors. Please do because today, Blake, has been a bad day for West Ham. Um, we got four prominent names right now uh, that we're in for. Lingard, Skamaka, Broya, and this guy called Onana from League uh, um This guy? This guy. He's okay, only 20. No, I'll, I'll, no, okay. no, no, no. I'll, I'll talk. Amadou? Amadou? I don't know his first name. Maybe, maybe Amadou, yeah. I'll get him and talk, to, talk about him in a, in a minute. But let me start with Jesse Lingard. Now, this is turning into a, a massive saga. Right. Um, it, 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 it's changed. Things are changing like every hour with this. The latest news as of today is that Nottingham Forest have put a wage package offer in to Lingard's representatives that mean that they are in, you know, that quote unquote advanced talks now. Um, apparently, they 
they're offering him two hundred thousand pounds a week, which completely smashes their wage structure. But um, but uh, they're willing to do it. Um, uh, you know, I'd say that this is turning into a saga because Moyes has been chasing Lingard ever since. You know that loan spell that he had for us in twenty twenty one, and and I think at this point it, you, it's fair to say that that Lingard and or at least his representatives are giving Moyes the, the runaround. Um, Moyes is hell bent on getting Lingard back in, and why wouldn't he be? He clearly likes him. Lingard is never going to replicate the form that he replicates that he produced for us in twenty twenty one because that's frankly impossible. But he suits the system. Uh, he's a busy player, and he proved to us that he could make a, a goal-scoring impact uh, when he was at the club last year. Um, you know, I think like the the question for West Ham fans at at this point is, do we even want Lingard now? And I saw, you know, when I woke up this morning, the tide the on Twitter, the the opinions have turned right. So I woke up this morning. There were all this stuff about Nottingham Forest's bid and all the fan chat on Twitter that I'm seeing now is anger at Lingard for dithering, for not, you know, for seemingly not choosing, you know, this idea that he should be in training already, et cetera, et cetera. Um, interestingly enough, I just saw that Declan Rice liked somebody's tweet about oh no he liked charlie austin's tweet about leaving lingard alone um and just letting him sort of like have his summer which i thought was interesting so i mean uh you know we know that lingard was incredibly popular in the west Ham dressing room and i'm i'm sure that that uh won't change you know whatever happens uh, over the next few days um hopefully it will be the next few days and, and he'll decide um yeah we can we can chat about lingard um Later, let me just run through those three others as well. Skamaka, the Sassuolo striker, he's about 23, big dude. Um, had his breakout season, I think it's fair to say, uh, for Sassuolo last season. He scored 16 goals, got himself into the Italy squad. Um, yeah, he statistically um, fits the Prem and Moises system really well. He's aerial threat. Um, he's definitely a, a, a striker in the box, a bit, bit of a poacher. Um, I think last season was, his, as I said, his really his first prolific one, and so I I wonder if he is, uh, you know, the right fit right now. I think it, for forty million or so that that's being touted, I think maybe a bit of a risk, but I think you know the the current state of the market means that risks are just uh, you know what what we have to what we have to take right now. Um, the like-for-like like alternative to Skamaka is Armando Broya. We've been in for him for a while now, and we're pushing for a permanent deal. A loan deal is off the table. It's about £30 million. Um, I think Broya left the US camp a few days ago, and so it looked really close. But Thomas Tuchel, in the past couple of days, has publicly said that he doesn't, A, expect him to leave or want him to leave which is obviously a bit of an issue for us. I was really excited about this deal um, a couple of weeks ago, and then that was dampened somewhat after I listened to this really in-depth analysis of Broya as a package deal, basically as just, you know, as the player he is. However, he is super young. He's only about 20, and Moyes really wants him, which means that he, you know, wants to invest in him as a as a player and, and give him time on the pitch. Um 
and eight goals for Southampton in, in that dreadful team last season is is um is not so bad. So we'll see with that. And then finally, um, so I can stop monologuing, uh, we got this guy, Onana. We've bid a lot of money for him. Forty million pounds, I think it is. Um he is a deep lying defensive midfielder. He's got two seasons under his belt. He's also about twenty. Um, last season he only had twelve starts, though. Um, you know, while Rice has turned into a box to box midfielder, um, you know he's his greatest strengths, at least you know in the past few seasons since he's emerged, has been his prolific turnover and tackle rate and his high passing statistics. And that seems to be Anana's best attributes as well, which is why I'm assuming that we're we're so heavily in for him. Although I think you could. There's big question marks over the price tag. So that was me talking for about five minutes. Um, Blake, any thoughts on our business so far? Or what do you think of, you know, the Lingard saga? Um, who would you choose, Skamaka Broya? I'm curious. All right. So Lingard, I think uh, he is... Uh, what the... What do they call the, you know, the 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 prize that whenever you get it, it will you know, spoil your fortunes. Um, that's the the prize that everyone wants, but theoretically, no one should want it. Um, okay. I think at this point, Lingard is a. I I struggle to see what benefits come from having Lingard in your side, there's like a very really? large disconnect from his skill and what he and his agents think he is. Um, yeah, sure. And, you know, he, I think, you know, he's like a super divisive player and, um, you know, I think he benefits in certain systems and he... You know, he even though he showed a lot of promise in his six months at West Ham, you know, it's been another six months since that. Um, and uh, yeah, he's only gotten older and not played. So, you know, what, you know, he's a huge risk. You know, I guess he's on a free, but, you know, he'll demand Manchester United level wages. And um, I struggle to see what a established side benefits from getting in a player like Lingard. Um, I do see the benefit of a side that will be severely threatened with relegation this season, taking a flyer on him and paying him a lot of money on the hopes that he can be what he was six months ago. Um, mm. So I really understand the signing from Forrest. I just, for West Ham, also considering the players in the position, that West Ham have, um, that they're not, you know, like Vlasic taking a bigger role next season. You know, if you bring in Lingard, you know, that will dampen Vlasic's progression in the West Ham side. So I don't see how West Ham benefits immensely from signing Lingard. Um, and that's just uh. from a football perspective. And then, you know, from a non-football perspective, I think Lingard's a bit of a, uh, wanker. Yeah. So. Question mark of him. Yeah. But, um, uh, this is, actually, yeah, that's a good point, actually. I, I see what you mean. And I think that 
I've been getting lost in not it's I'm, it's not like I'm I, I understand that what he showed in his six months with us is is an anomaly and that's there's no way that he comes back and replicates that but maybe I've been I don't know I've been focusing too much on how good of a fit he was and and you know despite those question marks about his character off the pitch clearly he was loved at West Ham and so therefore like you know bringing back those good vibes which were backed up by production um seems really enticing and I think that I'm still I'd still be happy if he signed uh despite despite everything that's going on that being said from a footballing point of view I do I actually quite like Jesse Lingard to Nottingham Forest um I think he'd be a really good fit there and it's the type of club uh, Forest. And, sorry, he's the type of player that Forest will need if they're going to survive this season. Um, okay, but well, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've been my head's through the ringer with this one. So, putting your personal opinions aside, do you have enough trust in Moyes that whatever signing he makes, you would say it's you know it might not be who I personally wanted, but I trust Moyes' opinion more than my own, I'll be happy with it. Like, you know, even if it's a player you don't love, if Moyes signed them and Moyes vouched for them, would that replace your opinion? Well, but the, I think the a great question, and I think the answer is yes, and that's why I think I'm still open to Lingard. Because I think Moyes, I mean, it's weird, because I mean, I've been a big critic of Moyes over the past few years. But if Moyes is this adamant about getting Lingard, I see little reason, given what's happened over the past two years, why we shouldn't back Moyes' opinion. I, I, I think that, I mean, that's, you've, you've got a really like honest admission out of me that I don't think I even realized I was, I believed. But yeah, I think I maybe do trust Moyes' opinion over my own, and that's why I'm still open to Lingard, because he clearly wants Lingard so badly. Um, so, I don't know, I guess I believe in it, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's you know, similar to how I feel about Eddie Howe. Um, you know, even though I don't personally love the thought of signing Jack Harrison for $35 million or something, you know, yeah, I trust Eddie Howe's judgment over my own because yeah. Eddie Howe gets paid big money to be a Premier League manager, yeah. and I record sure. a Premier League podcast for free. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was just wondering, you know. Um, no, I mean, and I get that. And li- listen, like, I think. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, you know, I I feel that way about Howe, but I didn't feel that way about Bruce. You know, I. Oh yeah, why would you? Very confident that my opinions on footballers were better than Steve Bruce's. Yeah, yeah. So uh, just briefly back to Lingard and Vlasic because you mentioned him. I think on paper, Vlasic could and and then maybe you could even put in brackets should be replicating what Jesse Lingard can bring to a team, and he's like six years, five, six years younger, and so that I mean, I. Uh, but the, the thing is, is I don't think that Moyes fancies Vlasic because even in Ben Rama's first season when he wasn't playing that much, he was playing more than Vlasic played last season and because Vlasic had no game time last season. And and we paid a lot of money for him. And and I 
you know, I think that that was a club signing, not a Moy signing. Uh, and so th- while that can be frustrating for West Ham fans, I mean, Moyes is very particular, you have to say that he's, you know, he's proved himself time and time again over the past couple of seasons. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, you know, literally yesterday I was so optimistic. It looked like we were going to sign Broya, Lingard and Onana in the next couple of days. And that, that, that was a done deal. And now it's all in the air. Um, really briefly, or not even really briefly, but I'm curious about Skamaka versus Broya for you. Um, in my head, I want Broya. I don't know why I want Broya still, um, especially given the you know the statistical breakdowns that you can look at. I won't like parrot all of it right now, but you know, on paper, Skamaka is a better fit. There's something about Broya that excites me. Um, but that also looks unlikely now. So, what 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 do you think, Blake? You know, so I th- I'm a relatively firm believer in the toy that you know is you know better than the toy you don't. So, you know, Broya, sure. we've seen him have spells yeah. of success in the Premier League. So, you know, I think he's a safer option. Um, yeah. That you know. That being said, you know, of course. You know, he did have a you know lessened return in the the final part of the year for Southampton. Um, although, you know, pretty yeah. much every player in that Southampton side regressed incredibly um, between yeah. you know January and May. Um, so you know, who knows? Um, but yeah, I like Broya a lot, um, and I like Spamaka, um, Gamaka. Like yeah, Skamaka, I like both of them. the balls of you know a twenty-year-old getting uh, and stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm a big fan of that. Um, yeah, I I just don't think I've seen enough of either. I think the bit of Skamaka I've seen was when Sassuolo had their nightmare run. Um, mm. They went like seven matches winless um, or something ridiculous. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I feel like it, you know, just what my heart is telling me is that it's, it feels a little early for Skamaka to make the jump to the Premier League. Um, and yeah, whereas, I, I think I agree with that. Yeah. Whereas Broya is at this weird, you know, point in his career where he's going to return to Chelsea and, you know, I mean, he might get some game time for them, but you know, probably you know, he only really might. 250 minutes, I, I would think. Well, I don't know, especially, I don't know. I mean, if Tuchel is being honest and really likes him, they, you know, obviously Lukaku's back at Inter Milan, and they, they don't necessarily have an out and out striker. Kai Havertz is turning into that. Um, but I, I could see him stumping up a fair amount of minutes and getting goals off the bench. I, I don't for it, from West. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But from West Ham's point of view, the danger now is that it is a very public saga of over the past decade that we haven't got like bought a proper striker, right? And so that's not true. We bought Alaire and Anatovic. Alaire didn't work out, right? Anatovic did but he was bought as a winger and converted into striker we haven't bought a successful out and out striker 
in so long. Um, and we're in danger again now of, of missing out on these two pure strikers that we have apparently been very close to signing for the past two weeks. Um, really fast, because I want to move on to Newcastle. You know, the I just seen literally over the past few hours that West Ham and Crystal Palace are in talks for Dwight McNeil, so from Burnley, which is, I suppose, now they're looking, they're exploring Jesse Lingard alternatives. Um, obviously, they're not the same player, but yeah, Dwight McNeil off the back of not his best season for Burnley, but an exciting talent nonetheless, who's played a lot of football and he's still young. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, there's a Brett, Ben Burton Diaz apparently was sniffing around him, but I mean, that's been an apparently for also like 18 months. Like, suppose that he can play as an out and out striker. And then Huang Yui Zhou from uh, Bordeaux. Uh, that would be like a cheap uh, alternative. Um, but he, you know, he's a decent player. I don't know. I'm feeling a bit down about West Ham right now. Um, but uh, we'll see. Hopefully, we will have some signings in the door by the end of the week, Blake. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you know, I think Ariola is a, you know, hammer on nail, good signing. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, We've made three uh, good signings already, for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, I think his name is pronounced Agor, something like that. My okay. French is absolutely terrible, but I don't think you say the D. Yeah. But I think right. he's automatically a good center-back signing just because he's a human being uh, and... <laughs> You know, West Ham at least need bodies back. We didn't need another. Yeah, you're even right. if he's bad, you're right. you know, but he won't be. Uh, this, I'm just worried about this ankle injury, frankly. But um, um, and then know. in terms of departures from West Ham, uh, anyone you're particularly sad about? Um, yeah, I think Yarmolenko just because you know, yeah, yeah, a season and a half of being excellent for West Ham, and yeah, he said himself. Um, Great moments, but it didn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. Any other um, notable Yeah, we we Fredericks has joined Bournemouth. I said notable. Um, oh, notable. <laughs> That's fairly notable because he's a, he was a squad player. Um, yeah, you do hate from Ryan Fredericks. I, I thought he was he was a good squad player for us, frankly. Um, Mark Noble obviously retired, and then it's just just a string of youth. Um, I'm disappointed about Sonny Perkins, really talented guy. He's left for um, Leeds, um, which shows you how, you know, how uh, coveted he is. Aji Alise uh, joined Sunderland. He, he was, you know, he has been a, a really hot prospect in the academy for the past couple of seasons. And Nathan Holland is finally off her books as well. Wow. Isn't he like Hopefully, 24? He's old now, yeah. Um, he's 24. Uh, he moved to MK Dons. Hopefully, you know, he deserves probably a, a, just a good career in the EFL. Um, yeah, uh, not, not Premier League level, I suppose. Uh, but Yeah, well, he always terrorized Newcastle. So, uh, yeah. If we don't draw them in the cup or anything. Yeah, he just needs games now. So. Good luck to him. But yeah, no, no, nothing else. And I don't think we'll be selling anyone. Um, you know, maybe if we get in a ton of forwards, we'll ship 
Vlasic out on loan or something. I could see that happening, but uh, I don't think so. I think we're going to be only adding from here to the end of the transfer window. Okay. Uh, are you ready to move on yeah. to Newcastle? Please, I am. Um, talk to me. Talk to me about the Magpies. This one will be a little bit, you know, quite a bit shorter, actually. Um, yeah. I'll start with Sven Bontman. Um, oh, yes. Signature that Newcastle has long been chasing. Um, it has finally been concluded. I think it's 37 million pounds. Um, so less than Joe Linton, less than Bruno Guimaraes, but our third most expensive signing of all time. Um, not much to dislike, you know, young, tall, strong, uh, bossed Chelsea in the Champions League. Um, you know, good on the ball. Um, very humble and quiet guy, um, which has, you know, kind of been the personality that Newcastle have been bringing in. Um, he, yeah, you know, all around there's, it's, Hard to dislike him um, and dislike his yeah. game. Um, but, um, so he has been a very public signing. Uh, the whole saga you know, from start to finish um, has sort of been out in the, the limelight, uh, partly due to AC Milan because they were very public about their pursuit of him. Um, and he ended up choosing Newcastle in the end um, because essentially AC Milan didn't want to spend their entire budget on Sven Botman um, and Newcastle spent about yeah. half of their budget on him. Um, but he's a Newcastle player. He's looked solid in the friendlies, um, but you know, until we see him in a game, you know, who knows, you know, he's been a very inoffensive signing so far. Um, yeah. The interesting bits have been, how absolutely quiet Newcastle are outside of the Botman deal. You know, Nick Pope was rumored for about two days and then announced this signing, um, which, you know, I think Nick Pope is an excellent signing. He's going to challenge Martin Dubrovka yeah. for the starting position, and I think it will come down to if he beats out Dubrovka, Dubrovka will be sold. If he cannot beat out Dubrovka, Carl Darlow will be sold. Um, and it'll be sad to be to to see Bravka go, but um, you know, I think if Nick Pope beats him out, that's you know fair enough. Um, and, you know, that's football. Um, also yeah. the signing of Matt Target, absolutely no rumors of him coming in on a permanent deal. Um, just very randomly announced one day. Um, and you know, super happy. He was one of the better players in the Newcastle side last year. Um, super, super consistent, um, like a better version of Paul Dummett. Um, and uh, he's another player who does not talk like a footballer at all. Um, you know, he sounds like an absolute dweeb. Um, and, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I kind of like it. Um, just a super normal dude playing football. Um, so, talking about non-rumored signings that happened very quickly, um, one Benjamin Sheshko, uh, the Salzburg striker, um, his agent posted a picture 
uh, of him arriving in Newcastle. So that's the, you know, pretty much only alive rumor at this point. Um, Newcastle have been pretty vocal about their frustration about being run around this transfer window. Um, you know, being tempted with lower uh, bids and then the club come back and say, actually, we want this mount. Um, so that's what happened with DCL. Everton were like, we'll take 40 million. And Newcastle said, okay, we'll pay 40 million. And then they were like, oh, okay, actually, we want 65 million. Um, it happened with Diaby. It's currently happening with Harrison. Um, it's just, you know, it's the way that transfer markets work out. Um, sure. But so right now, it's Benjamin Sheshko uh, for the striker position, uh, which interestingly is what seems to be Eddie Howe's priority is a, a striker rather than a right winger. Um, also, mm-hmm. keep tabs on one Lukas Paqueta. Paqueta. Uh, oh. Because he has tr- submitted a transfer request and uh, yes, supposedly... But he has a hefty price tag. Well, they did, and then because of the Leon's financial issues and oh, his transfer special. request, it's now probably thirty-six million pounds. Um, okay, that's what. Wow, that's so. Yeah, so the rumors are between Arsenal and Newcastle, um, and so yeah. you know, literally, a Leon fan described it as Bruno Guimaraes is an eight out of 10 every single match he plays. He's super consistent. Um, You know, he never has a bad game. Uh, You know, he's never a 10 out of 10. Um, And although for Newcastle, he has been a 10 out of 10 a few times. But uh, Mm. Lucas Paqueta, or Pacheta, he will have four out of 10 or five out of 10 games, but he'll also have 10 out of 10 10 games. games. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, you know, I would be super happy to have him. Of course, he's an immense talent. Um, but also, because he's best friends with Bruno Guimaraes. So, uh, you know, I like the little stories. And so it'd be super cool to have him reunited um, and have a full Brazilian midfield. Um, that would be quite something. Um, yeah. And then uh, for players out, uh, the, you know, Deadwood leaving. Um, Jeff Hendrick gone, uh, Dwight Gale, you know, supposedly, you know, on the uh, doorstep of Stoke, um, and uh, Isaac Hayden being the only, you know, quite sad loss for Newcastle, um, but just not quite the quality um, needed. Um, but, you know, uh, an immense servant for the club. Um, Certainly a Newcastle legend of sorts. Um, and uh, I think he'll do very well at Norwich um, simply because he can play every position but striker. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think there's tremendous value in that. Um, Oscar, any opinions? Um, I know um, that, yeah. Yeah. are in a weird position, so. You are you are in a weird position, and I'll, I'll just you know I'm gonna we're not talking about who backs you and where you get your money from at this moment in time. So I'm putting that to the side. 
you you give praise to the people operating Newcastle right now because uh, they've made a conscious decision, and I understand that it's limited by FFP to not go crazy and spend two hundred million pounds or whatever um, on. Honestly, like players like Jesse Lingard, right? Like, or, you know, these, m- maybe these, you know, just past their peak superstars that want a payday. Um, so I think the people at Newcastle deserve praise for that. I, I think that this season, th- there's no chance you go down, um, but it- it's about trying to progress the squad and keep it fresh. And I think you've, you've haven't, you know, Botman is that kind of signing. Uh, and so I think that you need one or two more Sven Botmans in different areas of the pitch. I agree with you that that, that right-hand side forward position is an issue for me. Um, I think Diaby would have been perfect. Like you said, he's staying at Leverkusen, um, which is a shame for you, I think. But uh, uh, I, do, I reckon you, you do need to get someone in that can stump up 30 starts at the, on that right-wing berth. Uh, and look, thinking about players across world football, I'm actually not sure who that is. Um, so I'd be really interested to see how that unfolds. Um, and I also think that Newcastle will have a very hard time buying from other Premier League clubs. Now, we've seen, because of various reasons, but the most prominent one being that uh, the top six, if you want to call them that, in the Premier League have way too much money for the rest um, of the teams um, that they're starting to buy from each other, right? So we'll mention, I'm sure we'll talk about um, Zinchenko and Jesus transitioning from Manchester City to Arsenal um, and Raheem Sterling going from City to Chelsea um, later. This hasn't happened in the Premier League for a decade, right? So the 2010s was marked by a pretty blanket refusal of the top six teams to sell to each other. Now it's become necessary because in the post-pandemic era, these are the only teams that really have the financial power to sell to each other and to buy to each other. Um, And Newcastle is seen as the usurper and so therefore are not in that club yet. And I think that that is going to be an issue for, you know, homegrown talent or, you know, domestic league talent. Now it becomes about how clever you are at getting players from the top flights in Germany and France and Spain. Um, But as we've seen, often, not always, but often, players struggle transitioning from leagues outside of England into the top flight. Um, And the fact that you have to pay a premium for everyone doesn't help either. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Like you said, I think that Eddie Howe is fairly shrewd uh, and that he will right now make the correct decisions to keep Newcastle ticking along. Whether your current approach will work a year or two down the line, I'm not so sure. And I think it also depends on where Newcastle owners want to finish and what progress looks like to them. So for me, like progress for you this season is a comfortable 10th, 10th to 12th. I don't know if you agree with that. But in order to do that, yeah, yeah, you do need to add a couple more players. Um, so I hope that's not a too long-winded answer of just reiterating what you've said. But, <laughs> you know, that's... Sorry. I, I suppose it was. Um, 
yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm thinking. Sorry. No, yeah, yeah, no, no. I agree. I'm happy that you know. I think it's undeniably a good thing that Newcastle are you know smart about their newfound wealth and aren't you know just spending money because they can. Because uh, I think that gets you know we we've seen investors get miffed at projects um and yeah. abandon when things True. don't go their way quickly so i think you know a more sustainable approach is a good idea uh, i think kind of the most sensible way sensible way forward for newcastle is spending every window a million marquee player um and you know maybe the occasional squad player as well because um, Newcastle have a lot of Deadwood. Um, the issue I have is, you know, bringing in these marquee players every, you know, season and signing you go on without making a big step forward, you are compromising on the promises you made to them. So Bruno Guimaraes didn't sign for Newcastle to wait five years for Newcastle to be in Europe. You know, he has bigger aspirations. So, you know, he wants, you know, next season for Newcastle to make Europe. Um, and, you know, I think if next season we don't make Europe, we're going to see potentially some grumblings of the, you know, the Botman, Ibarayesh, and Alan St. Maximin, you know, that we're not progressing fast enough for. Yeah them because you know players have careers that can only go for so long so um i'm worried about a hypothetical that uh <laughs> may or may not come true but i think uh they're smart in terms of sustainability but i think you know also they have to be careful not to be too sustainable um because then you risk you know, the exact opposite. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And so, yeah, I, mean, I, I think, yeah, I, I think it's pretty difficult to see a way that Newcastle can succeed in their vision without some broken parts along the way. Yeah. You just um, broke up there for a second, so sorry. Oh yeah, um, no, just the, yeah, yeah. No, no, you're fine. Um, I just wanted to. Okay, I promise. I'm try. I'm not trying to monologue. It's just been a while since we've done this, so I'm scrambling for you know for my words. But I I think this is why I'm a bit curious about whether there is a conflict between Eddie Howe and the owners, right? So, um. I'll use like Conte's word. So Antonio Conte labeled the signing of Jed Spence as a club signing, right? Very, you know, you know, very, um, what's the word? He was very obvious in his, in his, you know, in that statement saying that he, that Jed Spence was not his own signing, the managerial signing. And I wonder if there's something similar going on between Eddie Howe and the, Newcastle owners, because I'm I'm thinking of your pursuit of Hugo Ekatike, right? D do you think that Eddie Howe 
really wanted a 20-year-old French striker to come in and lead the line for Newcastle when he has, you know, your Wilsons and maybe even Chris Wood up there, you know. And I, I think that uh, something that Newcastle have to be really careful about over the next few transfer windows is having a vision and sticking to it. As soon as they start to try and put too many eggs in one basket, they're, they're going to stall, in my opinion, right? So if, they, if they're going for the Ekatikes, the young talents, and also, you know, your established Sven Botmans or Lucas Pakatars, and also the occasional 75 million pound bid for a superstar, I don't think that that's going to translate into progress. So I suppose that's, you know, something that I think you might be concerned about over the next couple of years. Anyway. Yeah. Um, just quickly on Ekatike. Um, yeah. The, I, I do think Eddie Howe really wanted him. Um, just because okay. uh, he's a similar profile to, you know, the Callum Wilsons, um, you know, like a heavy pressing forward with, um, you know, clinical finishing and, you know, not too much else. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, but, but also like Chris Wood, so. Callum Wilson and Ekatike are all, you know, like 90 plus percentile in uh, pressing sure. as strikers. So um, I think, more or less, um, the uh, new owners, well, you know, not even the new owners, the public-facing new owners of Newcastle, um, you know, the Amanda Stavely and Meredith yeah. Gaddusi sure. aspect yeah. of it, who are, you know, take the title of owners, you know, even though they own less than 10% of the club, um, just because they're acting presidents. Um, although Newcastle actually just signed a president, so... Uh, that is okay. uh, finally a development. Um, but uh, they essentially said that they would let Eddie Howe have you know his choice of signings, um, which is I think what we see in Nick Pope and Matt Target. Um, yeah, I, exactly. And yeah. Dan Byrne, Sven Botman. You know, these players. Um, yeah, 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 and even Sven Botman. Um, you know, yeah, I think yeah. Eddie Howe. You know because. Going back to January, the new ownership had been in position for just over a month, um, and none of them had ever been in a footballing position before. Um, so and, you know, what's reported is that in January, Eddie Howe had 100% control over the signings, um, and he was trying to sign Sven Botman then, um, and it rolled over to now. Um, I do wonder yeah. when it will tick over into other parts of the hierarchy having more control over the signings, um, especially because yeah. now Newcastle have a, you know, more filled out back room. Um, compared yeah. to when it was just Amanda Stavely, Meredad Gudusi, and uh, Eddie Howe. Yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah. yeah. And I, I agree. I, I think the, yeah, the enduring question, right, is whether Eddie Howe is the manager for the future. And it sounds obvious, but Newcastle are just right now a club with so many question marks. And they're not even like necessarily like the bad question marks that you get for like a relegation fodder, right? 
you know, right. are they going to implode as a club? Yeah. They're just literally like their world is their oyster. And so therefore there are so many directions they could go in and it's very, very hard to predict what personnel they're going to bring in, how the ownership is going to shift and change and, you know, basically what direction the club is going to take uh, and by which stuff. So, you know, I guess we'll see. Yes. Yeah, we certainly will. Um, I have no idea what the future holds for Newcastle um, and yeah. I kind of like it that way. So, yeah. Why don't we move on to some transfer winners and losers across the Premier League, Blake? Um, yes, absolutely. I would. Yeah, yeah, I've got I've got four teams on my notes here that I think are currently, let's call it, winning the transfer window. Um, I wonder if they match up with you. Um, I'm happy to go into more detail any of these teams, but I'll list them out to you right now. I have Tottenham, Arsenal. Nottingham Forest and Aston Villa as my winners of the transfer window. And I'm not counting West Ham or Newcastle in this, this section because we've, we've talked about them plenty. Okay, um, I, w- I wouldn't consider Newcastle or West Ham, West yeah, Ham to be one of the best winners either way. Um, not yet, I no. agree on two. I... Uh, have a different team in place of one of yours, and then I absolutely right. disagree with another one of yours. So, absolutely. yeah, I, so I've got so, yeah, go ahead. Well, actually, you know, I mean, if you have a point on this, um, I was going to jump into one of the teams, but so, uh, no, yeah, please do that. I just wanted to say that the first two, Tottenham and Arsenal, I think are my like nailed on. The second two are a little bit more of a hot take kind of thing. I just wanted to talk about non you know, top 10 teams, um, but take it away. Okay. Well, this podcast does do hot takes very well. It um, does. So it I really agree does. with you wholeheartedly on forest having one of the best transfer windows. Um, so, far, Oh, all right. I think okay. in yeah. terms of progressing the team that they have, you know, from where they were at the beginning of the window to where they are now, I think they're one of the most improved sides in the Premier League. Um, not necessarily because I think they'll stay up, but I thought they were 20th place guaranteed to go back down. And now I'm looking at them and saying, actually, maybe now they can actually stay up. Um, right. So, and they, yeah, let's just talk about really quickly who they've signed. Yeah. Okay. So, they have the potential to do an entirely new backline if they wanted to. Yes. Um, they definitely won't. But uh, no, Yakate, Omar Richards, Neko Williams, Harry Tofolo, and Dean Henderson, um, no matter what, give them Premier League experience, English experience, depth, skill, speed, flair, a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, each player is very different uh, and I like that um, I think Miyakate is a you know modern center back you know kind of exactly what you would want um, Omar Richards uh, had you know pretty shit season um, personally but uh, you know I think yeah, he, he didn't be hungry and um, whatnot I don't really rate Neko Williams but uh, really why? No, you got to back that up. I you got to back that up. Just 
you know, eye test. Um, I don't know, man. For the guy's... Um, yeah, but the guy's 21 and he had yeah. a, a fantastic season for okay. Fulham last, last year. Okay. I mean, you know, half, half season granted, but he pushed them to automatic promotion. So he's clearly got something. And he's got 21 caps Wales already. So... Yeah, no, I know. I, I understand. I think, yeah. you know, he's yet to, to prove himself in the, in the Premier League. But I think out of, I would honestly say out of all those signings that you've said, he would, he would not be, I'd be more worried about Omar Richards, for example, than, than Nico Williams. Well, I'm not most worried about Nico Williams. I'll give you that hint. Um, I'm most worried about Harry Tafolo. Tafolo. Yeah. Tafolo. Yeah, um, but he's not, he's not, he's signed as a, he's, if he, if he put up 10 Premier League appearances, I wouldn't be surprised. Like really? he's, This guy has not, been, he has not been signed to be a first-team player. There's no way. Just I, their, I, don't, I don't think so. Their pursuit of him and going back in after talks broke down made me a little worried that they have greater intentions for a guy that was playing League Two football, what, three years ago and was not spectacular in mm. it. Um, well, they're very good for Huddersfield, but you know, uh, yeah, I just—he wouldn't be the name that I rush out to make sure I sign if I was a new to the Premier League side. Um, well, yeah, exactly. But um, so I mean, I, I I think that Forest are, are prominently in. They're going to sign more players. They're doing. They're in danger, I think, here of doing a Fulham of a few years ago and literally spending like a hundred and something million pounds. Yeah. Right. Like, um, I know I, to be fair to Forrest, I think that their recruitment so far is much more sensible than what Fulham did. However, you know, it looks like they're going to sign like 14 players and, uh, um, Toffolo is a left back, but they're very publicly in for several other left backs. So they're in for Real Batista's, um, Alex Moreno, um, I'm seeing they're in for an up-and-coming guy called uh, Marchisa from Syria. Um, so I think they're clearly looking to sign multiple players in that left-back berth. And they already have the likes of Niakati who could play there, right? Um, and who knows what Cooper will do. Maybe he'll go through at the back or something. Um, you know, Omar Richards himself, he's a centre-back, come left-back, wing-back. So, Yeah. Yeah, I just don't think that the... They, so they also swooped for o, O'Brien from Huddersfield. He's 23 midfielder. I think those two are being added as squad depth and nothing more. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, uh, O'Brien... Is it Luke O'Brien? The, the singer? I think so. Um, I think or is that... Weighs oh, something, I think he weighs like 140 pounds. Uh, Oh my god, really? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's... No, Luke O'Brien is the basketball player. Hang on. His name is... Lewis. Lewis O'Brien. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's very um, slight. Um, yeah, he's like 5'8". He's a small dude. But, yeah, um, yeah also signing Dean Henderson. Um, That's I a great guess. signing, I gotta say. Okay. Sure. I, I think so. You know, I, I've never really understood how I feel about Dean Henderson. Um, I think Dean Henderson is a shot-stopping monster. And if you are a lower-level Premier League side, that's the type of goalie you need in, in should, that. Should because be they're going to be facing so many shots. Carl Darlow? Yeah, yeah. shot-stopping monster. 
Um, and oh, played for, for sure. So for uh, sure. Yes, something um, ridiculous like 170. Uh, forest. Um, really? Oh my god. Yeah. Um, you played. Quite can a I talk about um, Taiwo Awani? Yeah. Because I think that Great. is a really exciting yeah. signing. Thank you. Um, he is a 24-year-old Nigerian striker, previously on Liverpool's books. Never really worked out for him there. Um, and uh, he, they signed him from Union Berlin, uh, where he spent last season. He scored 15 goals and 31 appearances for Union Berlin. Um, so was, this guy can find the net, that's for sure. Um, he is only 24, but has played for a lot of clubs because he was farmed out on loan in his six years at Liverpool every single season. So you've got uh, a lower league uh, German side in there, uh, a host of Dutch teams, a host of uh, Belgian teams, and then Mainz and Union Berlin in the Bundesliga. Um, uh, This guy is very exciting, I think. And you might say that he's taking a little bit of a risk in joining Nottingham Forest. Union Berlin are doing great things in the Bundesliga. They're... Um, in European competition again this season. Um, and so, you know, it is a, is a very solid signing for uh, Nottingham Forest. He's fast, he's strong, um, makes super intelligent runs, and he's got an eye for goal. So, you know, that's definitely an exciting signing. And and of all of them, I think, um, you know, of all the, the signings that Forrester made, he's the guy that could be the one to fire them to safety sort of thing. Uh, they're... they're you know, their, their icon um, this season. So good luck to Taiwo Awani. Yes, I like him a lot. Um, he's hmm. like, uh, I like players that aren't, you know, super tall, but are incredibly good in the hmm. air just because they're so he's physically, like a, yeah, physically built. Yeah. Um, he's like six foot. He kind of reminds me of, yeah. Um, yeah. He, he reminds me of a more, polished Antonio. Antonio is polished now, but he's also like 31, right? But he reminds me of Antonio of when he was younger, but sort of maybe with a, you know, a less Sunday League-esque uh, style of play. Um, which of my other teams did you really disagree with? Because I'm curious. I feel like you're going to split me in two, but... Villa is the one I disagree no, with. Uh, yeah, yeah, Villa I put in there just because... No, I mean, I, okay, I, 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 I'm not wedded to Villa. Myself. But please, please go ahead. Yeah. Okay, undeniably, the players they brought in are of incredible yeah. quality. Um, yeah. So, Coutinho on a permanent, Kamara on a free, Carlos on a permanent. Yeah, Diego Carlos is a big one. Yeah. What... I'm not crazy about is the amount of money they're paying those three players. Yeah, yeah, um, true, true. Yeah, Kamara. Essentially, Villa had no competition to sign Kamara because they offered way more than anyone else was willing to pay him. Um, yeah, and are supposedly paying north of two hundred fifty thousand euros a week for him. Uh, which is, really? Yes, which is insane. Um, that's a, that's absolutely insane. And I think Diego Carlos is something two hundred and ten thousand euros per week, um, and Coutinho oh is much God. lower, but still north of one hundred and fifty thousand. Um, so euros, 
euros, which euros. I yeah. can't do the euros to pounds because I don't live in either of those countries. It's it's less. I'm seeing like it's like a hundred. I don't know. I I I'm, I'm I don't know where you got that two hundred fifty thousand euros from. I'm seeing like a hundred fifty thousand pounds, which is still a ton of money, but maybe a little less than that. Um, but yeah, still, still. Yeah, I, you know, I just think yeah. it's uh, an insane amount of money to spend on, you know, positions that weren't Aston Villa's big yeah. weakness last season. Yeah, um, yeah. Although, you know, Carlos is, you know, fitting in their defense well. But, um, sure. I, yeah, I just, uh, I don't love the amount of money. Um, you know, they, those things can always go the way of Everton, um, which are... Yeah, and I think it, it does scream Everton, doesn't it? Yeah. I think especially the Kamara signing um, is a very, very Everton, which we could talk about Everton's free signing. Um and the oh amount God, of we money could, yeah. they're paying him. Um, but yeah, uh, I just so yeah, yeah. So I, I think Villa. Yeah, sorry. Uh, just really fast. I think Villa are doing what Newcastle could be doing right now. This is exactly what we were talking about, but aren't right. And that's a concern because, despite how wealthy the Villa owners are, they're not nearly as wealthy as the Newcastle ones. But what were you gonna say? Uh, yeah, it's something that you know, like changed the way that I think about football in general is uh the guys who are behind swiss re um the like economics of football podcast um, yeah they talked about how you know like the general public sees signing players on a free as such a good mm-hmm. concept but in reality you oftentimes spend more money on free players than you would on spending players on a uh, on a transfer fee, um, and so they use yeah. some good Newcastle examples um, of uh, players like Poppy Cisse, um, where you know they, you know, just looking at it from a step back, you know, we got him on free, had an eighteen excellent months, and then sold him for big money, um, but. In actuality, we paid him an insane amount of money per appearance, yeah. um, and in agent fees and everything, um, you know, we essentially bought him for a. I think it was a record fee at the time. Um, yeah. So, you know, when I was younger and didn't understand things as well, you know, I thought, oh, why doesn't every club, you know, just do these free signings and you know, save themselves so much money. But um, these signings like, you know, Bubkar Kamara, outside of his wages, you know, they're probably paying him an insane amount of money in terms of agent fees and insurance and all the hidden costs of football. Um, so yeah. um, I don't love, I don't love yeah. the splashing cash and breaking wage structures and stuff. But well, yes, yeah. you have... You know, the, so you- if you have the intentions of breaking into the top eight, um, yeah, I guess it's what you have to do. So, yeah, I think you've, yeah, you've definitely, um, yeah, you've, you've convinced me for sure. Uh, I, I maybe just put them in the winner section, only looking at the the quality of pair that they put in, without thinking about the broader fit or the broader 
you know structure and system um of of both the team on the pitch and also the you know the financial um, sustainability of, of this kind of recruitment strategy um let me talk let's talk about though about the two london teams tottenham and arsenal on paper arsenal have only signed three players so far they're in for a fair few more so we'll see how it unfolds but the double signing of Jesus and Zinchenko, despite the fact that lots of people are sort of saying, well, if Man, if Man City didn't want to sell them, then they wouldn't have, which is true. I, I do think that those are two very, very good signings. And all, this, all the signs certainly are that uh, Jesus is going to be a really good fit for them up front. Um, do you have any thoughts on, on those? Um, do you think that that adds a lot of quality to Arsenal or are people getting too excited about it? Uh, I think I've made my opinions on Gabby Jesus or Jesus clear enough last season. I think he's like one of the most <laughs> underrated players in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think he's an incredible signing as much as I hate Arsenal. Um, so do you think he explodes then? You think he's really just going to. No, I, I think he'll have a like, similar season, but maybe we'll get more recognition. Just it's, um, because it's in a, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just because he's not playing for City. Um, you even. Yeah, when you know he was scoring lots of goals, I, he didn't really ever get. No, any, but I mean, but then why would you when you're in a team with Kevin right. De Bruyne and Sergio Aguero and Raheem Sterling? Um, yeah, I, I I quite like the the capture of Zinchenko. Um, I know I was saying a few months ago that I would have loved Zinchenko to come to like us. Uh, he's not only a great utility player, but I also think he's very underrated. Um, I think his as a te- as a technical player i think he's just like gorgeous um and you you especially saw that in the, na- the those nation league slash um belated world cup qualifiers uh, that ukraine played against scotland he was just like off the charts and i'll be really curious to see where he plays and i, I think arteta wants to deploy him in the midfield instead of as a left back um and that's where he plays for ukraine so i think that's going to be really exciting and um i suppose he's ready to be more of a main man, um, which is great for him. Uh, I thought maybe he wouldn't do it just because, you know, as the Ukraine, one of the Ukraine captains and, and all the comments he's made about Ukraine and his family in Ukraine, it seems incredibly emotional. So I thought maybe, you know, a move wouldn't be on the cards this summer, but he's gone for it. And, um, and I'm really excited actually to see him play in an Arsenal show. Um, Anything else on Arsenal, Blake, before we move to my, probably my standout team of the transfer window so far? Yeah, um, no, nothing on Arsenal. Just, I think uh, Spurs are the, yeah, kind of the clear pick for this question. The clear, yeah. So, um, although I mean, so far, they, go ahead. I'll hesitate to call them the best window, just because I think there's one other team in contention, but uh, we'll come back to that. Really? I haven't even... Th- Oh my goodness! I haven't even. I was racking my brains too. I'm so curious to see who who you mean. But real, let's talk about Tottenham. They brought in uh, Perisic from Inter Milan, um, veteran, free. but uh, you know, sort of a, a, yeah, on a free. Uh, worked with Antonio Conte before, serial winner. Um, they've brought in Richarlison to bolster that already frightening attack, which I think is a really good signing. A um, lot of money, but. You know, uh, I suppose that's that's market value. Eves Basuma, um, a player that 
both of us don't like, but um, will add quality to the midfield if if he's playing this season. Jed Spence, uh, he just came in twelve million. I was mentioning that Conte uh, said he was a club signing, but uh, he's young and I'm sure he'll be useful. Fraser Forster, uh, ex Southampton, ex Celtic, ex host of clubs, uh, as a backup goalie, and Clement Longley in to Whoa. play. I think probably I didn't uh, know that. in yeah, Clement Longley on loan. I think he'll play as a starter in that three at the back alongside Dyer and Gallini. So um, yeah, that's they really have a very very good squad now, Spurs, oh, with the additions okay. that they made in January. And I think it's it's honestly it's now or never with Antonio Conte. If they're going to win a trophy, it has to be this season. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it they could finally shed their Spursy name and uh, and be quite dangerous this season. Not to win the title, but you know, in the cups in the Champions League, they could be special. What do you think? Yeah, maybe Carabao Cup. Uh... Spurs. Yeah, that'll sure. be my call. Maybe you know, a cup double. I could see them doing something like that. Um, okay, Perisic, proven winner. Um, automatically, you know, even if he isn't the best player on the pitch, will improve the squad. Um, yeah, I think Basuma is. Uh, as much as I don't like him personally, I think you know he's a good player. Um. I just yeah, he is. You wish he wasn't a bad person. Um, yeah. And he'll improve Spurs, which I guess for Spurs is the bottom line. Richard Leeson is interesting. Um, he's mm. an absolute cunt of a person. I can't stand him. But That's harsh language. He's okay. a good player. Um, I think it's interesting that Conte has... I don't know if it counts as hinting if he outright says he's going to play Lucas Mora as a wingback, um, which I think I, yeah. I didn't understand it yeah. at first, the, you know, the signing of Richard Leeson, but uh, and, you know, I guess if you're planning on moving Mora to wingback, you know, that's a pretty clear yeah. role for Richard Leeson to take in the front line. Um, and then I personally like Jed Spence, um, but I never like when I don't, I, there's, you know, open drying laundry between managers and yeah. back rooms. And uh, I just think it I'm not convinced really about ends up being good. So I'm not convinced about Jed Spencer's character. I'm not going to lie. I'm really not convinced about it. And I also think that he's been overhyped with his like you know, what he does on the pitch. Um, so I'm, I'm really curious about the Jed Spence uh, evolution, especially given Conte's comments. But we'll see. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. It uh, also may, might be in for Memphis Depay. So that could be quite sensational. I don't know. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. We'll, we'll see. Can... I'm not convinced about Memphis Depay in the Premier League. Um, oh, oh, in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. I, I see what you um, mean. But, yeah. um, you know, uh, the other Dutchman going the other way, Bergwijn out. Um, yes, which sold to Ajax. A record signing for Ajax, right? 
Um, I think so. Weird. I, think so. Um, I don't love it. Um, I mean, he's or, a great player, or, though. He just didn't get the chance. It. I think he's going to be great for them. I don't love it for Spurs. Um, I think it's a great signing for Ajax. Um, I just, you know, yeah. I think he was not given a fair chance. Um, no, he wasn't. And also he Spurs, um, highway robbery selling Jack Clark um, to Sunderland for an insane amount of money. Um, you don't like Jack Clark? Uh, he's an okay player. Um, the amount of money Spurs got for him, I don't know, 15 million or 12 million. Um, what, really? Yeah, a, a lot of money. My God. Um, also, Jack Clark represents Cyprus, which is really cool. Um, that like is that, very cool. But now I have to hit him with every fiber of my being because he plays for Sunderland. There's no way he was 12 mil. 10 mil? No, he was 10 million. No, it's undisclosed fee. I think it's actually I don't think... 10 million plus 10 million. Oh my God. Or 10 million plus 6 million. No. For a championship side? Are you serious? Yeah, There's no it's way. 10 million. No, no. If they get promoted fee, again, fee. they will get an additional 6 or 10 or something like that. Um. But yeah, I think Spurs had a statement window. Um, well, yeah. Yeah, I think there's no other way to describe it. Um, a bit of desperation, maybe? Like a. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Closing yeah. door, and this is the, the last gust um, to push forward. Um, yeah, I, I, you know. I hate Spurs, so I don't love to see it. No, but, same. No. Um, I think I think maybe they're like a very very strong midfielder away from being an actual threat team. Yeah. Um, but uh, if you had to guess what team, I think. Could challenge Spurs for having the best window. What team do you think I'm yeah. talking about? Having the best window? I mean, I don't. Man, I don't know, Blake. Who? I think you have Chelsea. No, although Chelsea are on my my top list. No, Chelsea have lost too many players. Yeah, I mean, I should have put Chelsea in over like Aston Villa, probably. I just hate them. They've, okay. they've, they've, they've lost a lot of players. That's why I didn't. Who is it? Seriously, I don't know. So, for I'll tease you a bit more. Chelsea, I think, uh, I like what they did because they, you know, sunken cost fallacy, you know, have shipped off Lukaku sure. for the season. Um, yeah. And I think yeah. Yeah, I think that's a very smart move, um, and is absolutely what they should yeah, do. Yeah, I agree. But I agree. My challenger for Spurs is Manchester City. Um, just what? because no signing Holland signed is, Holland. but that's an absolutely insane signing, and for the amount of money they spent, you know, signing the hottest prospect in world football who is already one of the best strikers in European football um, and has bounds of potential left signing Calvin Phillips, who I, I'm honestly not too hot on, but Calvin Phillips, yeah. I guess he's a good player. Um, 
and then the potential to bring in Mark Kukurea. Um, Kukurea, the sign that signing would be great. Yeah. Yeah. I think but, uh, you know, uh, it's like classic rich getting richer. Um, I don't, I don't know though. I mean, this is why I didn't even put them in the transfer winners because I mean that exact statement there, but rich getting richer. Like I expect this level of recruitment from city. And so therefore they haven't wowed me, especially seeing as they've got, I think that the losing Raheem Sterling would be a bigger impact than people think. Uh, Zinchenko fine. You know, I mean, he's been great for city, but you can, you can replace that fairly easily. If, signing Phillips. I don't think he's even going to play much, frankly, because Rodri plays in the same position as him, and he's he's one of the best in that position in the world, and has been at least for eighteen months. Holland, sensational, absolutely, but they didn't even need him to start with, frankly. And uh, you know, unless it's to win the Champions League, but that's a frankly that's a toss up anyway. So I I I I see what you mean, but I don't I don't know I I don't think it is on the same level as a Spurs who's signings have objectively strengthened the squad in ways that were absolutely necessary, right? And I don't think that City, these two signings in Phillips and Holland were absolutely necessary for their like survival in the title race or the survival in the top four race. Um, but I, I concede that, that, you know, that they are incredible signings. I just expect it, so... Yeah, yeah. You agree? Yeah. Sure. Um, no? Yeah, I just yeah. think that, you know, signing a, a player who, you know, is already at the level he's at and also still has not hit his ceiling. Um, no, uh, absolutely. Maybe, I mean, the Holland signing is amazing. Yeah. Right, maybe yeah. a, a quarter of his value um, is, you know, Welcome back to the Peak Too Early podcast. Uh, Craig decided to give up on us mid-recording, which he has been pretty good about not doing recently. But uh, he left in the middle of me rambling about how I was terrified of the prospect of Holland in the Manchester City side. Um, And then Oscar and I were in the middle of transitioning to the worst signings. So Oscar, in your opinion, who's having the worst window? Yeah, I think that Everton have had the worst window because they've only brought in Tarkovsky. They have sold Richarlison and they have a string of players who have either had weird, no one knows what's going on scandals like Gilfie Sigurdsson or are, you know, just Deadwood like Fabian Delft and Cenk Tosin and have left because of that. Um, they are in desperate need of reinforcements and they can't get them in because they've overspent over the past few years. We've spent many pods talking about how badly run Everton are. I think they're in trouble. Well, as you know, I think Tarkovsky is the second best, second best center back in the Premier League behind Lewis Dunk. Um, so I think they're getting a decent player, but I think the amount of money that they're spending on him uh, it's similar to the Aston Villa issue uh, I brought up earlier. Yeah, uh, Everton are in, uh, you know, stuck in the mud and 
I don't really know how they get out of it. Uh, they need to sell players to raise money, but uh, they also need said players in order to survive this season. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, pretty much anything worth any amount has been linked heavily away from Everton, uh, which is, you know, brings up images of sinking ships and players, you know, jumping ship and whatnot. Um, yeah, I hate Everton's window. Um, but, oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I don't think they're the worst, I think. Um, okay. I think I would have to say the replacement for Nottingham Forest is my worst window so far. Um, my The team that I thought was guaranteed to go down you know, up until their spending spree was Forest. And now that they've spent, the team that I think is guaranteed to go down no matter what is Bournemouth. Um, yeah. Who have they brought in? Mm, nobody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who have they sold? Not really anybody either, but a lot of their players are linked to leaving. Um, Tagnant. Yeah. Yeah. Just it, you don't want to be the side that I feel like we have these sides every few years, like a, a club that comes up from the Premier League and says, oh, well, look how well our team played last year. You know, we got promoted. We're going to trust these players. And then they're, you know, they get a rude awakening in the Premier League. Um, I just, the, yeah, no movement is very bad. Um, yeah. I don't is. really know what they're thinking. Yeah, me neither. Um, uh, yeah, I think that in in the current climate, and especially because of the chaotic season that's going to come up with the World Cup and with players having, you know, way too many minutes under their belt over the past couple of years, I think that, Failing to freshen squads in the Premier League could spell could spell disaster, um, and so you know I think that's why the promoted teams actually stand a fair chance of staying up the season because I'm looking at teams like Everton and um, and and others uh, and and really worrying for their survival chances. Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think there's there's plenty of teams that we haven't even talked about that have had. You know, they have um, had a lot of movement. So Leeds have obviously sold Rafinha and Phillips, but they've also brought in loads of players. Um, Tyler Adams, uh, Sinisestra, um, a couple others that Marsh has worked with before. And, and there are teams like that that aren't stagnant, like you've been talking about. Um, but we really just sort of don't know, you know, how these new players will fit or... Uh, you know, that kind of stuff. So um, we're going to have to do a transfer window 2.0 or maybe like a something in mid-September during an international break, if there even is one, seeing how, how you know, teams have fared post-window. post, post window. Um, Yeah, like, I, I don't know. We, we've been talking about transfers for a long time and, that, and it's been fantastic. I thought it, it might be interesting to end on some exciting player deals or some transfers you want to see? Um, anything you want to shout out before we bounce? 
Yeah, I can run through a few players who I think made very good decisions for their careers. Um, I will start with uh, Joe Aribo. I think his move to Southampton uh, will put him more into the limelight, and I think he's going to do very well at Southampton. Um, I, yeah, I think his ability to play... Um, in many midfield roles will um, you know, make him a very popular player. And I think generally very athletic and energetic midfielders uh, endear themselves to fans very quickly. So um, I think he's going to be a very good signing for them. Um, the, the very devastating departure of John Ruddy from Wolverhampton. I uh, just wanted to shout out John Ruddy. Uh, I like him a lot. Um, but then also at Wolves, uh, a very interesting signing that I think will be, you know, this next season will be career-defining, is Nathan Collins in at Wolves. Um, I think That's a big money move for him, yeah. Yeah, very interesting, because I thought at times he was a very shaky and uncertain uh player in a defense at Burnley that, you know, prides itself on being very consistent and uh, impenetrable. Um, so I think it's interesting. I think we're going to learn a lot about Nathan Collins because I think he's a good, talented, young player, but um, there were certainly times last season where he seemed absolutely lost in that Burnley defense. Um, yeah. And... Uh, yeah, um, another departure that I didn't like but makes sense is the departure of Bryce Samba from Nottingham Forest. Um, just because I think he's a really good player, and I understand there was like a ton of tension between him and management, but um, you know, I just think he's a good goalkeeper. So, um, yeah. I think Manchester United deserves a small amount of props for getting a ton of Deadwood off their books. Um, True. Although you might not call them Deadwood, but players I don't rate, like Juan Mata, Jesse Lingard, Matic, Cavani, um, huge amounts of money off of their books. Um, Signing signing Ericsson, Ericsson, Malassia disgusting and um yeah that is i didn't i hate that too malasia and uh who's and uh lissandra martinez which is an interesting one from ix uh, yes um also getting andreas Pereira off their books um, oh to fulham yeah that was a weird one very yeah. weird signing um palace i thought have been strange i so like three sides that have had relative in action in terms of their first team, Palace, Fulham, and yeah. Leicester. Um, but maybe that's just because it's relatively still early. Um, uh, and then I think Brentford have had a decent window. Um, but Oh, Aaron Hickey. Yeah, I like Aaron that Hickey. one. Yeah, I like Keen Lewis. Um, um, oh, we were in for him. But he chose Brentford instead, apparently. Um, yeah, he's very, very good. Um, 
He's yeah, no, listen, the like Iron 135 pounds. He's the tiny little, yeah, tiny little man. But the Aaron Hickey one, also very slight, but um, I really like him. He's a 20-year-old, for those who don't know. Um, he's very, he's like a 20-year-old, sorry. He's a 20-year-old Scottish left-back who's been, for the past couple of seasons, in Serie A in like. Bologna, which is, uh, which is really cool. Um, he's like a beanpole. Uh, he's like six foot one, but just no, no muscle. Um, which is fine, but just like interesting profile for a Premier League uh, footballer. Uh, so, yeah, I'm really curious to see how he'll do. Um, good goal scorer as well. Um, from from that birth. So, yeah. Another cool Scottish one. left back. Another Scottish fullback. Yeah, there's too many of them. Um, any transfers you want to see or anything interesting in in that respect? Obviously. You know, we've talked about Lingard and a couple of others, Broya, that kind of stuff. Um, Billy Gilmore, um, he left the uh, Chelsea first team training to join up with the development squad. I'm not sure Tuchel really rates him. Um, obviously had a really bad loan spell at Norwich. Uh, I'd like to see him get a move somewhere. I think that would be interesting. Um, anyone that you're curious about, Blake? Uh, Kunde to Chelsea because I think yes, that would Jules be Kunde, yeah. uh, you know pretty pretty despicable. Um, just uh, Chelsea's squad getting stronger is something no one wants to see. Um, yeah, the Frankie De Jong saga, how it ends. Um, God, I really hope he doesn't go to United. Same, just, he really clearly really doesn't want to join Manchester United, and it just depresses me that he might have to. Um, Yuri Tielemont to uh, Arsenal, Arsenal or Man U, um, both would be yeah. weird, but yeah, um, I can't believe he's only 25 still. It's insane to me. The guy's been around forever, he's, yeah, been, he's been playing football since 2013, and he's only 25. Yeah, I remember he like when he was 16, 15, when he, yeah, 16 when he made that debut. He's played so much football. It's ridiculous. Um, Ivan Tony is rumored to be leaving. Um, yeah, that's a weird. Either Arsenal. Have you made a bid for Yeah, rumor yeah, has it Newcastle are sniffing around, but uh, no way he signs for Newcastle. He hates you. Yeah. Uh, yes. That's a shame for Brentford. That's a real shame for Brentford. I think. I mean, he's a great player, but it just he's. He's just so ambitious, isn't he? He wants to be, he wants to play at the highest level he possibly can. Um, right. Which, you know, no, don't begrudge him it. But, uh, oh, and yeah. um, a signing I really like outside of the Premier League. Uh, I think confirmed today, Paolo Dybala to Roma. The Roma? Yeah. That's a great, very good signing. Great move. Yeah. It's a fantastic um, move. Um, I love that. Um, yeah, there's been, there's been there's been lots of moves on the continent as well. I'm not sure we necessarily like have time for it today, but uh, we could do a little you know section of another pod about because um, you know you got Robert Le- Lewandowski has moved to Barcelona. Um, you know stuff like that is pretty big. Um, Matthias de Ligt to Bayern Munich, of course. Uh, Blake, let's let's end it maybe with with Sterling. I think Sterling deserves a little bit more spotlight time. 
Um, what do you think of this move? Instant reaction, you know, kind of thing. I rate Sterling quite highly. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think he's uh, amazingly a little bit underappreciated in the... Yeah, oh, yeah see, but it's pretty easy to be underappreciated at Man City. Um, I think when you just yeah. have like too many incredible players, you know, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, for two reasons, Sterling is not thought of so highly. One is for, uh, you know, the racist attacks against him by English media, I think kind of puts yes. him in a weird spot, um, where he, even though in terms of, um, Goals and assists, you know, he ranks very highly in English history. Um, I think people are always going to kind of associate him with the attacks against him um, first, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, and two, you know, being surrounded by incredible players um, sort of hides your own accolades. Um, yeah. But... Uh, yeah, he's another player who I think, you know, he's obviously incredibly talented. Um, and this move to Chelsea, you know, seems like it makes a lot of sense. Um, but it feels like every year we have these talks of, you know, oh, this big player moving to this big team is guaranteed to work. Um, yeah, but, you know, yeah. football's not so cut and dry. So. No, it's not, it's not like that. Yeah, right. So you know, we with this we, last season we talked about Chelsea and their signings, and we talked about how oh my god they're gonna win the they're gonna walk the Premier League like it's gonna be you know, so easy, and then they had a pretty embarrassing season for the amount of money they spent, um, and then so I feel hesitant to praise Chelsea, um, yeah, for what they're doing because you know. You know, we did this last year. So, um, but I think I like yeah. them signing Sterling more than I liked some of their signings last year. So, that's my yeah, that's my stance. Yeah, no, I I think I totally agree with that. Um, and you know, Raheem Sterling. Incredible career he's had so far. I think the the most amazing thing for me is that you know, knock on wood, he's never even had a, a serious injury yet, and he's been playing first team football since he was like sixteen or seventeen. Um, if he has, for example, even like twenty seven now, if he has three prolific seasons with Chelsea and they win trophies, he goes down as a Premier League legend. I I, I really do think that because he's already in the hundred goals club. He's played for elite teams and brought in trophies with them. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that this is also not even a risk necessarily for him because he's won pretty much everything uh, that he needs to apart from the Champions League. And, and so I, I, I feel like he must be excited. You know, back down in London, which he calls his home, right? Hasn't been there for his whole career. And, and he can be the... the the experienced veteran player in that squad, despite the fact he's only 27. Um, and I think he'll relish that. 
uh, as being that mentor. Um, so hopefully it goes well for him because I really like Raheem Sterling. Sad, actually, because I hate Chelsea. Um, but, you know, can root for the player. Self, I guess. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'll be rooting against him. But uh... Well, yeah, I know. But I just like him. So, um, you know, I don't know. Strange feeling, I suppose. Blake, we've been talking about some juicy, juicy transfers for a long time. Do you have anything else to say before we wrap up? No, just that um, looking at the most expensive transfers of the summer so far, you have Mm. Leeds, West Ham, and Newcastle in the top 20 most expensive signings, which is... Yeah. uh, Yeah. That's how you know it's been a weird summer. Yeah. 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 Well, Oscar, we will touch base and record another episode in a few weeks, hopefully, when we have a better understanding of everything that's happened. Maybe we'll be talking about, you know, all of a sudden changing and saying, oh, Spurs have had a terrible, terrible transfer window after they sell Harry Kane or something. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's the way that football is, and... Uh, I'm very happy to have this podcast where we can record our takes and then uh, life automatically changes afterwards. Um, but our takes are yes. set in stone. Um, it was fun being back. I felt like it took me a little while to get back into the groove. I apologize for some of the monologuing I did. But as you said, the takes are set in stone. You can unpack them for years to come. Um, and I'm very excited for this upcoming season, and we're going to be back with regular podcasting soon, aren't we? It's going to be great. Yes, yes, very soon. Uh, back to regular, and I'll be back in the U.S. And uh, yay, we can do. Great. We got to do a reunited yep. uh, in-person pod. Yep, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Well, Oscar. With that being said, this yeah, has this been has been uh, episode one 2.5. of season yeah. two point five. Uh, first and last episode or maybe we'll get one more before the season starts but um thank you for listening uh please review us email us follow us um do anything um yeah i hope that uh if you're listening we at least angered you enough to for you to leave a comment telling us why we're wrong about your club's transfers um and uh, we are more than happy to defend our takes. Um, but uh, hopefully in a few weeks, we'll be back. And thank you for listening. Bye. I'm standing. <laughs>